It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is September 24th, 2018, a day we have been waiting on for so, so long. My name is Phil Prosperich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And we are finally here. It is media day, the beginning of the Orlando Magic season. Happy to have you along here with uh, with us for Season 3, although technically Season 3 started July 1st because I, I follow the NBA calendar. I, I don't do this whole January thing. The NBA, the 2019 calendar year started for me July 1st. So I'm sorry. I've already, I'm already halfway through, through 2019, it feels like. But in any case, for most people, the NBA calendar begins on opening night, but for some other people, they observe the NBA calendar beginning here on Media Day. We'll be over at the Amway Center later on today on Monday, talking to the Orlando Magic players the first time as they gather in their uniforms. Yes, if you follow me on Instagram, at Daily, I will snag a photo of the beautiful blues. Those pinstripe jerseys are back. Oh yeah, I'm so excited to see them walking around in the original blue pinstripe, oh, I guess they're not original, but the original blue alternate pinstripe uniforms that the Magic wore from 1995 to 1999. It's uh, uh, going to be really, or 1998 actually, um, really, 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 really exciting to get going. Uh, see all the guys again. It's been a while since I've seen many of the Magic players, at least uh, they've had busy summers. They've, a lot of them have apparently been back in town throughout September uh, for optional workouts as Steve Clifford said in an interview with uh, with the Orlando Sentinels, Josh Robbins. Uh, and we're just ready to get this thing going. We're ready to get training camp started, uh, get the guys back in the gym and, and see what's what. Of course, uh, we still got some stuff to get to here. We're still doing some player outlooks, uh, giving you an idea of what to expect. And today we'll talk a little bit about Mohamed Bamba, what to expect from him, his rookie season. And then I'll go through some of the key names that, and if you listen to this podcast, you probably know them. But I'll talk about some of the key names to keep an eye out for as training camp continues and as we get into the regular season. But before we do all that, I want to remind you that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network, just like there's a podcast covering the Orlando Magic. There's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA, MLB teams, NFL teams, and of course, a growing number of college teams too, including the Florida State Seminoles, and I'm told the Florida Gators are on their way if they have not started already. Check out the great podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just search for Locked On and the team you are looking for. When the Orlando Magic uh, were left with the uh, sixth pick in the draft this year, uh, there there was a little bit of disappointment that Trey Young had gone uh, just a pick before them at five. There's obviously a big point guard need, and, and Trey Young is an exciting player. But uh, by all accounts, the Magic... Felt very good about the decisions they had on draft night. I I said this uh, throughout the whole draft process. There are several players that I thought the Magic could have taken at six or that seemed to be available at six that I would have been very comfortable with. Um, It was that deep of a draft that there were that many good players. 
And of course, in the end, Orlando ended up taking Muhammad Bamba, doubling down, as, as some people have said, on this idea of length and versatility, giving the Magic a, a defensive anchor at center, or what they hope will be a defensive anchor at center, that they have not had in a very, very long time, at least since Dwight Howard left in 2012. But Muhammad Bamba feels like he's going to be a little bit more. Now, now obviously, the measurables are what, what stood out about him. 7'10 wingspan is the longest wingspan recorded at the NBA Draft Combine. This is a guy who seems like he's a, you could stick him on the floor and just by his mere presence, he can impact games. As long as he can move just a little bit laterally, that wingspan is going to make him uh, a very difficult player to finish above and around. Granted, he proved that at Texas too, where he averaged 3.8 blocks per game, nearly four blocks per game. That's an insane number. And the Rudy Gobert comparisons are easy to draw from the very get-go. In fact, I would argue that if you go back and look at Rudy Gobert at the very beginning of his career, well, it looked like he had, you know, kind of a broader frame. Very much the same kind of guy. Very raw and thin and just kind of flying around blocking shots using, you know, the, the gifts of, of his long arms to his full advantage. But Mo Bamba rose up some draft boards or, or, or seemed like a, a more intriguing pick because of the work that he put in himself after the after the college season ended, heading into the NBA draft, the video started coming out of Mo Bamba working with his trainer Drew Hanlon and improving his shooting. Now at Texas, maybe he settled a little bit too much for his jump shot, which was a little bit shaky. But the the, the video of him making three pointers fairly comfortably at a high rate began to tantalize a little bit more that that he could be just more, he could be a lot more than just a defensive presence. And in fact, in Summer League, while he didn't shoot the ball great from beyond the arc, he made enough of them to make you go, huh, that's interesting. That's a development I did not expect, or that's there might be something there if he keeps working on it. And of course, as I've said several times, Summer League is really the midpoint of the summer. It's not the end of the summer. So he's had a whole more, another, what, two months since then, two and a, nearly three months to work on his game and continue to improve. Mo Bamba, of course, has deficiencies that he's going to have to work on. He's still very, he was at least coming out of college, very, very thin. And, and there are real questions of whether he can put some muscle on his frame. And long arms do not make a great player by themselves. It, 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 it's a lot more things. He's going to have to prove that he has tangible skills. And even in Summer League, while he was a force defensively with uh, averaging more than two and a half blocks per game, he got moved around a lot. I remember watching, uh, although I think he is willing to take on physical punishment and, and wants to be physical, he's going to get beat up a little bit. I mean, I remember in Summer League watching DeAndre Ayton literally push him out of the way for a rebound. Literally push him out of the way. It wasn't called. And, and scoring on him with some relative ease. I think Bamba... It's going to put up more resistance than I think a lot of players figure he will. But he's still someone that's going to get moved and pushed around a little bit until he gains that muscle. And he seems to have gained some muscle and continued to work on his body and continue to work on his physicality throughout the offseason. But we don't know what that formula looks like. And in fact, offensively, I think the formula for Bamba is still a bit of a mystery. You're not going to throw the ball into the post and let Mo Bamba work. His pick-and-pop game is 
a bit of a question mark. Really, the only thing Bamba has going for him right now on offense that, that you can, I think, rely on reliably is he has that massive wingspan that makes him such a big and easy target. And he has the athleticism and agility to move down the lane with speed and with dexterity to finish at the basket. In fact, it was that mobility that I think impressed most throughout his summer league time, throughout his summer league run, was that he gets down the floor very quickly for a big guy. He's not some gangly, lanky, stiff of a big man. He is an athletic big man. Not enough to go off the dribble, mind you, but running end-to-end, catching the ball, and finishing with authority, Mo Bamba can do that. And that kind of leads to what the expectations are for Mo Bamba this summer, this season. The expectations, I think, are relatively simple. You can say the Jeff Weltman line that his job is not necessarily to be the best player, but to be the hardest worker. That's something Weltman said about Jonathan Isaac last year. And Outside of the injuries, that seemed to work. And trust me, it's hard to be a hard worker when Aaron Gordon's on this team because Aaron Gordon's a hard worker too. But for Bamba, success is going to be measured in comfort, not minutes, not points, maybe not even rebounds and blocks. It's going to be about seeing him get his feet wet this season. Orlando has a loaded rotation at center. You got Nikola Vucevic, likely the incumbent starter. Timofey Mozgov is going to be a veteran who is going to teach him a lot of tricks, but um, a veteran that that knows his place and his role within within the NBA system. And then you got Ken Birch, another young defensive-minded big who does a lot of the same things that Bamba does, honestly, with less of the height and, and wingspan. That's also going to be fighting for time. Bamba will get his time. That I am confident of. I'm confident that at the very least, Bamba is this team's backup center, barring injury, of course. Because that length and that wingspan, especially in second units, is tough to handle and tough to deal with. And I don't see the magic ignoring that. And I don't see the magic not using that to its fullest extent. And so, when it comes to what to expect from Bamba, you can't put a point total on it. I'm not even sure you can put a minute total on it. I don't think you can expect him to start from the beginning. I think that's setting the bar way too high. But Steve Clifford, I thought, put it best. That the goal with Mo Bamba, or, or the approach with Mo Bamba, is to put him in situations where he can succeed. That might mean he goes a little slower at the beginning. That might mean that things don't pick up for him until he proves that he's ready, that he reaches not necessarily set benchmarks or or easily definable benchmarks, at least for fans, but that he shows that he's mastered one thing and, and gets more responsibility. Masters that, gets more responsibility, and slowly, 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 his role ramps up. The Magic know they're not in a sprint with Mo Bamba. The kid's 19 years old. They got a lot of time to work with him and get him better. And with Nikola Vucevic still on the roster, for however long he's still on the roster, and even Ken Birch, they know they have guys who can hold the fort down and still produce and help the team win in the process. Let's be real here. 
Mo Bamba in Summer League played less than 20 minutes a game. That is a 40-minute game. And a Mo Bamba, a player super important for the Magic, playing less than half of those games. He was usually the first guy to leave the game after, after the first quarter. Or during the first quarter. He's usually the first guy off the floor among the starters. Orlando's going to be careful with him. That doesn't mean he won't make an impact. That doesn't mean he won't be successful or won't grow. Productive playing time is what I think the Magic are looking for here. They're not looking to just throw him out there, let him make mistakes, and let him get bullied around. No. They, they want to build confidence and put him in positions where he can help the team succeed and he can succeed himself. But it is painfully obvious that he is the future of this team. That he is the direction the Magic are going. And how they manage that is going to be one of the big topics throughout the course of this season. I want to remind everyone before we move any for, any further that Locked On NFL is is some place that I go to get all my NFL news. I, I'm, I'm slowly easing back into the NFL. I'm playing fantasy football again. I, I played Deshaun Jackson this week. I, I'm pretty sure as long as he doesn't lay a stinker, I'm going to win my fantasy football game, get to score a big upset, get to get to 22-1. and one. But when I want the best of the NFL and, and to figure out what's going on around the league outside of the fantasy perspective, because we have Locked On Fantasy Football for that, Locked On NFL is where I go to get, to get my information. Monday, it's the local experts on the biggest stories of the week. Tuesday, former NFL quarterback Sage Rosenfels joins Matt Williamson to discuss the NFL news of the day. Wednesday, it's Mike Renner of Pro Football Focus. Thursday, it's the great Mike Sando of ESPN. And Friday, you get Matt Williamson's pick picks for the weekend games. If you're looking for the best NFL information on the web, go to Locked On NFL. It's quickly becoming everyone's favorite daily national NFL podcast. And of course, we are inching closer and closer and closer to the first Orlando Magic preseason game. Yes, yes, this is, this is going to be crazy. You ready for this? You ready for this? A week from today, the Orlando Magic play a basketball game. They play at Philadelphia against the Philadelphia 76ers. A week from Friday, yeah, this is this is big. A week from Friday, the Orlando Magic play their first home game of the preseason against Brazilian side Flamengo. That should be a lot of fun. And, you know, whether it's going to a Magic game or, or going to see your favorite band in person or, 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 or whatever it is, we all love a night out. And with Vivid Seats... You can attend the concert, show, sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Looking to get to the Magic's home opener October 17th against the Miami Heat? Want to go with a big group? Vivid Seats is your place to go. Just go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code LOCKEDON. That's LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Let me repeat that because I flubbed it. LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code LOCKEDON 
for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime or just go to a Magic preseason game. They're all fun. And let Vivid Seats help you get your favorite live event. When it comes to the center position for the Orlando Magic right now, uh, undoubtedly, there's a little bit of hand-wringing. You know, you know, Matt Moore of the Action Network posted a, a really inter- interesting thread of some stats that he dug up about Nikola Vucevic, and, and, and it was couched very much in the, in, the, in the context of a trade because we all sense it. We all kind of know it that the Nikola Vucevic trade is on the horizon. Sorry, Nick. I love you, dude, but we all kind of see it coming down the road. Vucevic on an expiring contract, the Magic drafting Mobamba. It feels like the writing is starting to be on the wall for Nikola Vucevic. He survived so much with this team. It, it, it feels like that the end is finally near for his tenure with the Orlando Magic. But I sat here throughout the entire summer and said, let's let's hit the pause button on that. Um, you know, kind of echoing what, what Matt Moore tweeted on, uh, early on Sunday that, you know, there are numbers to show that Vucevic's defense is not as bad as the perception is out there, that he is almost certainly still a very valuable player. I would venture to guess he is one of the best passing big men in the entire NBA. Um, it, he's not Nikola Jokic or anything, but he's probably a notch below that, you know, on the Pau Gasol level as far as passers. Um, and, and I don't think he gets enough credit for that. And, and honestly, for the defense that he does play, when he does play defense at a high level, especially before his injury last year, Nikola Vucevic is, is not a bad defender. It, it, it takes a lot for him, and, 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 and it, it doesn't seem like it's sustainable with him. But he, again, plays defense, I think, at a level better than people give him credit for. That doesn't mean he's what Mobamba can be, where a truly potentially transformational player. And so, with all that in mind, and with, with what I've said about Mobamba earlier, talks of trading Nikola Vucevic certainly should get a little bit of a pause. Yes, eventually that decision has to be made. And yes, it feels like the Magic will make that decision fairly soon, in February probably. But that doesn't mean Nikola Vucevic is not valuable for the team today. It's, 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 it's a message I've repeated over and over again throughout the summer. That while the, it's imperative for the Magic to grow Mobamba and to give him the opportunity to start, to give him the opportunity to play meaningful minutes, Nikola Vucevic still has tremendous value for the team. Both as one of the best players on the team and as a potential mentor for Bamba until he is finally ready to take the proverbial throne. Vucevic has had many people come for his spot at center in the past, whether it was Dwayne Dedman, you can debate whether the Magic made the right choice there, um, whether it was Bismack Biyombo, Magic probably made the right choice there. They've had plenty of guys try to take Vucevic's spot, but time and time and time again, and even when the Magic moved Vucevic to the bench in that 2017 season, Vucevic proved he was the better player, that he had earned that spot. 
And that's not nothing. And again, he's one of the best players on the team right now. He is going to start the year as the starting center. And he should be the starting center because he is the best player. He's probably the second or third best player on the team. Right now, Mo Bamba is all potential. We don't really know what kind of an impact Bamba can make. He was a great shot blocker at Texas, made their defense fantastic. He was When he was on the floor, Texas' defensive rating was hovering around 90, I think. It's fairly impressive. But we don't know yet if he can do that at the NBA level. We don't know yet what he will or won't do in the NBA. What we think we know is that Bamba can change this team's defense. What we think we know is that Bamba can be a dominant defensive force a la Rudy Gay. But we don't know that yet. And I think what's key with Bamba is that they don't just hand him the starting spot. This isn't a team that is all young players. It's a young team. But it's not a team of all young players just needing to get seasoning. There are several players who do need seasoning. This is still at least a young veteran team that have players that they will play and they should play who are at a stage of their careers where they need to make the playoffs and win. And Bamba enters this team at that, yes, that weird stage, even though they won only 25 games last year and 29 the year before. The Magic are not likely to make the playoffs. But that doesn't mean they should out and out give up on them. And throwing Bamba into the fire has a potential, yes, to do some damage to him. That doesn't mean he shouldn't play. That doesn't mean he shouldn't be getting opportunities. That doesn't mean he shouldn't be challenged. But like I said before, it's important for the Magic to give him opportunities to succeed. Put him in positions where he can achieve those goals. Instead of just kind of throwing him out there and seeing what sticks. Seeing bad habits develop. No. For Bamba, I think it's still more important to put him in a role. To give him sort of defined parameters for how to succeed. And letting him go out there and play within those parameters and succeed. And yes, on the occasion when it makes sense, whether it's an injury, whether it's performance, to let it ride a little bit and see how he does with a different challenge. We can all see very clearly that this team is going to be Mo Bamba's, at the center position at least. But until that point, until the Magic know for sure that he's ready to take on that responsibility. This is still Nikola Vucevic's show. Because Nikola Vucevic can still provide a lot of value to the Orlando Magic on the court. With his shooting. With his post-up play. With his passing. He's still a major threat in this on this team. And, and one of the, again, one of the best players on this team. And while it's eventually going to be Bamba's team to carry forward and the Magic need to pay special care and attention to developing Bamba into the role, into the player they want him to become, 
That doesn't mean they should push aside Nikola Vucevic to do it. Not yet, at least. If you're looking for the best national perspective on the NBA, Locked on NBA is the place to go. Throughout the summer, they never went away. They're still here for you every single day, giving you the latest around the league. Great discussion from the Locked On podcast hosts here on the NBA side. Locked on NBA is your daily national NBA podcast. Every Monday, you get the local experts on the biggest stories. That that, that would include me. I, I will be on Monday's episode of Locked On NBA. Go check it out. And then stay with Locked On NBA all week long with daily 30 minutes on everything going on around the league. Follow for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On NBA. I do it for you, but I have no clue how they work. So you, you have one, you figure it out. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, I'm going to close today's show now with a... With a quick look around the the Magic roster, just kind of get you a little familiar with the with the depth chart, I suppose. As as the Magic prepare to begin training camp on Tuesday, a media day, of course, on Monday. You can follow me on Twitter at omagicdaily. Will be where I'll primarily be tweeting uh, some media day thoughts. Uh, I've, I'll try to get some photos up for you on on the Orlando Magic Daily Instagram page. Follow at omagicdaily. I'm try and be better about Instagram this year. I'm not the greatest photo guy. Um, that's why I do podcasts and why I do writing and blogs. I'm not so visually inclined, but I'm going to try for you this year. So definitely follow at Daily on Twitter and Instagram. Um, but let's run through a little bit of the important players, the names you need to know. Um, at the point guard position, probably uh, let's go through the starters real fast for my projected starting five. Um, yeah, let's go by position, actually. Point guard. DJ Augustin, probably the best point guard on the team. Obviously not the answer or the solution for the long term. Fans very disappointed with the depth of this position. Some people have called it the worst point guard situation in the league, but I'll say this about DJ Augustin. He's consistent. You know what you're going to get from him. He's not going to make a ton of mistakes. He's going to manage the team well. He's going to get the ball to the right people. He's going to spread the floor as a three-point shooter. And while, yeah, I agree, he's not ideal. He's a solid backup point guard in this league. Um... He is what he is, and, and I think the Magic are very comfortable knowing that they're going to get what they can get out of him. Behind him on the line on on the uh, on the roster are Jerry and Grant, um, who is, is kind of a tweener combo guard, not a natural point guard, still improving as a playmaker, still improving as a jump shooter. Um, hasn't really found his home in the NBA yet. Uh, had a decent rookie year with the Knicks, has been up and down with the Chicago Bulls. Finally got some playing time last year and and, and scored a, scored a fair amount of points. So. He can put the ball in the basket, just needs to grow a little bit more as a point guard and as a shooter to get consistent playing time. Behind him, the international man in mystery from Kentucky, um, Isaiah Briscoe. Uh, really um, struggled a little bit to find his place among the stars at Kentucky. Um, not really a true point guard, really a scoring guard. Really likes to duck his head, get into the paint, and get to the basket. Still has to learn how to, how to dish out and, and drive to pass a little bit more. Um, his three-point shot needs a lot of improvement as well, but... He's shown improvement from last year uh, when was one of the last cuts for the Portland Trailblazers. 
Um, so he's clearly right on the border of the NBA. He was an all-star in the Estonian League, or in Estonia, in the Russian League. Um, really improved his three-point shot there. So very interesting player. I, I'm, I watched some some pickup game tape of Isaiah Briscoe, and I'm beginning to think that he might be a lot better than than we all think. And, and I haven't seen him play enough to say that I believe that wholeheartedly. I think he fits what the Magic want to do defensively, especially he's a really good defender. Um, but uh, I, I'm intrigued to see what he looks like once the preseason games begin, once we really get a look at this team to see exactly uh, what we're dealing with with him. At shooting guard, let's bunch the shooting guards and small forwards together because that position is really, really, really similar. Uh, I'm going with Evan Fournier as a starting shooting guard. I, I, leading scorer from last year, I don't think he'll be that this year. I think Aaron Gordon takes that mantle from him. Uh, but uh, I think Fournier is in line for a really solid season for Orlando. The scoring is probably going to be about the same, but getting less responsibility on the ball, maybe shifting the scoring burden away from him, I think is going to unlock his game a little bit more. He's a really, really great uh, off-ball cutter. I'd like to see him do more of that. Um, I think he's great attacking off rotations um, and ball reversals, which I'd like to see him do more of as well, which means taking the ball a little bit out of his hands. Um not a high usage player at all, and 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 he can be an efficient scorer. Obviously, one of the better shooters on the Orlando Magic, so they need him out there. Um, Fournier, I, I think people just forget about Fournier, and this is nationally too. It's not just Magic fans; it's nationally. Um, while Fournier probably doesn't fit the ultimate vision of this team, if if you have him on your team, you're not complaining because he does a lot of things really, really well. Um, doesn't do anything anything exceedingly well, perhaps. Um, but just a solid overall player. I'm really happy to have Fournier on the roster. I really like him, both as a person and, and as a player, uh, and I'm intrigued to see uh, where he ends up this year and how he fits into this team. At small, uh, behind him, you've got Jonathan Simmons and Terrence Ross, both um, both really good players in their own right. Simmons, um, a little bit more of a driver and scorer. Ross, uh, a little bit more of a kind of floor spacer, um, Ross obviously coming off the injury, we, we don't really know what we were going to get from him, but we know that if he's healthy, he's a solid shooter, solid scorer, you know, going to make smart rotations defensively. I thought was one of the better defenders on the Magic last year. Um, and so guy that's going to get minutes and, and, and going to play a big impact for the team. I think the Magic missed him a lot more than a lot of people uh, think. Uh, you know, not as much as Jonathan Isaac, because Isaac was really, really good. But certainly, uh, I think they missed him a lot last year. Simmons, Coming off a wrist injury uh, was only cleared a couple weeks ago, according to Coach Steve Clifford. Um, I, I think that um, was surgery in June, actually. Uh, so, so he was only cleared a couple weeks ago for full contact. Um, I'm really intrigued to see what Simmons does for an encore. I would have liked to see him have a healthy summer so he could work on his stamina and, and build the strength and, and, and build the basketball skill a little bit. Needs to be a better shooter, but potential sixth man spot, you know, certainly potential starter for this team. Um, really, really had a great year last year. I want to see him do it again. And, and, and of course, that's really the trick on this. It's a quasi-contract year for him, too, so he'll certainly be motivated as well. Um, let's see, am I forgetting anybody at shooting guard? I mean, Troy Copain is a two-way guy. No, I think I can move on. Uh, small forward, you got Jonathan Isaac. I think Jonathan Isaac eventually will start at small forward, although he may not be there today. Uh, he may not be the opening act starter. It's eventually his spot to, to start at one of the forward spots next to Aaron Gordon. Um, we saw last year, in even in his limited 27 games, what a good defender Jonathan Isaac can be. 
Um, his development is one of the most important storylines and one of the mo most important pieces to the Orlando Magic puzzle in 2019. Orlando needs to see him take a big step forward, to take a, a big leap in his game. And, and judging by Summer League, it looks like he did that a little bit. It looks like that he's gotten a lot more comf comfortable and confident defensively or offensively. He's added strength to his frame. He's, 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 he's gained, I think Jeff Altman said, 15 pounds of muscle, it looks like. And we know that the defensive ability is there. He was a defensive terror in Summer League, and we expect that again uh, in the regular season. And, and while this feels like a, a rookie-plus season for him because he only played 27 games, he is not a rookie. He's been in an NBA battle before. He's been through uh, at least parts of an NBA season. I'm interested to see what he can do to put all those pieces together and really develop into into a um, into the kind of player that the Magic need, of course, at the small forward position. He's got to improve his jump jumper, uh, be more a little bit little bit more aggressive and a little bit more assertive as an offensive player as well. Um, if he does all that, he will be just fine. That that much I know for sure. At power forward, of course, you have Aaron Gordon. Um, I think he will be the leading scorer on the team this year. I think uh, he took a big step offensively last year. Kind of got lost a little bit trying to create his own offense too much and. And I think both Steve Clifford and Jeff Waltman have said that that really the next stage of Gordon's development is understanding, okay, you can score, you can put up points. It's figuring out how to make all those parts of your game fit together. And we'll have more comment on this too because I think it's a really interesting point that both guys brought up that, you know, Gordon figured out that, yeah, I can score in this league last year. Now it's about, okay, how do you score efficiently, effectively, and help your team win? That's that's really the next step for Aaron Gordon. Uh, definitely a guy to watch and I'm really excited to see him play throughout the season. Behind him is probably going to be a mix of Jonathan Isaac. Um, I would also keep an eye out on Jarrell Martin. Uh, I've, I've watched some tape on Martin, and he's still really interesting to me. He's, you know, doesn't have a ton of offensive offensive skills. Um, his jumper is improving, still needs a little bit of work. Um, great line drive, can finish above the rim. Uh, not a bad defender, a guy that's really just been looking to find his place in the NBA, and I think the Magic are going to be a team that tries to give it to him, that tries to to see what he can do out there. I think he will be fighting and can earn playing time this year. Uh, I, I'm really intrigued to see what he can do um, in in this Magic system. Uh, he kind of fits what they want as far as, as length and athleticism goes. Um, not the most agile guy. I wouldn't stick him on threes or switch him too heavily, but um, definitely a guy to keep an eye on, I think, throughout, throughout the preseason and see what his role can be uh, in the regular season. The center position, of course, pretty loaded. Nikola Vucevic, Mohamed Bamba, we talked about them uh, pretty extensively over the course of the show, so I'll kind of leave them there. Um, Timothy Mozgov as well. Talked a little bit about him. Uh, I don't see him playing very much, just kind of a, a solid veteran player guy that um, that uh, is going to fill gaps, you know, not play a lot uh, unless the Magic feel like they need the veteran presence out there. Um, not a bad shot blocker, but not going out of his area to block a shot or anything. And then, of course, you have Kem Birch, um, a guy that probably should be playing a little bit more um, than he actually has been, uh, and, and a guy that just a really good defender in the pick and roll. Um, it's about consistency with him. I, I, I think that we, we, we uh, over-dramatized what he did last year, and, and while he was very good last year, and I think that he deserved more playing time and was played a, way too much out of position. Um there are definitely moments where he wasn't the sharpest guy. And when he's sharp, he's really good. Uh, when he's not, you know, he's still a good defender, but but maybe not the most impactful guy. Figured I would forget two guys. I did. Sorry about this. 
Um, Melvin Frazier and Wes Wandu will both probably play uh, fight for minutes in the two and the three position, depending on how the rotation shakes out. Both guys, long-arm, defensive-minded players who need to improve their jump shot. Very similar players in a lot of ways, um, but uh, Magic obviously drafted both of them. They're excited about what they can be. Wandu was fantastic defensively in Summer League, struggled with the shot, probably had to create a little bit too much, too much creation burden on him. Um, Melvin Frazier also struggled with the shot a little bit, but also very good defensively, and so I think the Magic are very high on their defensive capabilities. Well, that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic and like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including following us along at Orlando Magic Media Day, check out at Daily. And yes, I will be Instagramming at Orlando Magic Media Day. So follow us there at Daily. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. We'll be back tomorrow with a recap of Media Day. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.